Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to April 2023's episode of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we usually... No, 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 I will not, no. No, I will not, sir. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to April 2023's edition of We Podcast and We Know Things. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business... Sam Matora. Let's go. The birthday boy, a kind of little bit late. <laughs> like nine days later, but hey. Hey, when you do it once a month, you know, you got to treat the month like it's the birthday, not just the day or the week. Yeah, you know, it's uh, been uh, 34 years since I've been around the sun. No, it's been one year since you've been around the sun. <laughs> you've been around the sun 34 times. I don't know how time would work if you've only been around the sun. 30, I'm aging backwards. No. <laughs> Samuel Button is my co-host, everybody. Uh, that movie gotta... did freak me out, though. <laughs> I, I, I did like Benjamin Button, but man, that was a freaky-ass movie. We got a really fun show for you. Uh, it's been a very eventful month since we've last recorded, so we're going to catch you up on all that is nerd, and we're going to start with our What You've Been Up To Picks of the Month kind of segment. I'm excited for mine. Uh, trivia is all donezo, so... Uh, no more of that, which is very exciting. That's a lot of our prep gone and finding a question very last second. Uh, we're going to start with movies tonight where we're going to give our spoiler-filled impressions of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Sam and I saw it together the night it came out. We've been sitting on these impressions for two weeks. Uh, we put them on the socials a little bit, but it's a story. It goes away in a day. If you missed it, you missed it. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Spoilers ahead, however. It's been two weeks. Uh, it's a kid's movie, you'll be fine. Yeah, we're not talking about fucking The Godfather here. Come on. I think you'll be okay. I think you can guess the plot pretty easily. Uh, so after that, we got a couple different pieces of Street Fighter news tonight. One in the movies, one in video games, so we're going to talk about that. Blue Beetle got a trailer. Star Wars is getting new movies. Um, we got a whole bunch of Star Wars stuff all throughout the show because we had Star Wars Celebration recently, so I'll pretend to care about that for a little bit. Um, we got some late uh, Venom 3 news and a, uh, a kill. A kill uh, nah, no, I don't have it. <laughs> I'm trying to do it like Jamie. I know exactly. I, I know exactly you went for it. I, I oh, got it. For granddad. All right. Uh, in TV, Sam will talk about The Mandalorian Season 3. Uh, his impressions of it, I will not, because I didn't watch it. Uh, HBO okay. Max has been rebranded, and a bunch of new shows have been uh, announced. We'll talk about all of those. Well, most of those. DC is getting some casting news on the James Gunniverse. Uh, so a lot of stuff there. Like I said, already some Star Wars stuff. Um, in gaming, Sam will take over for that, where I'll talk about Tears of the Kingdom. This is our last ever episode without Tears of the Kingdom being in our lives. And it was first announced in 2019. So uh, it's been a long time coming that we've been kind of talking about Breath of the Wild too. But The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, just weeks away from when we record this podcast. Uh, Sony might be getting a new handheld. I'll talk about what that means uh, in a little bit. The uh, fate of E3 has been decided maybe forever. SGDQ got its schedule for 2023. It's also starting mega early. It's usually a late June, early July. We're getting it in May of this year. So definitely going to talk about that because uh, teaser, this might be the best lineup ever. 
At least uh, it's up there with some of the best lineups ever. So I'm very excited to talk about that. Suicide Squad kills the Justice League. Got an update. Street Fighter Six got an update. We talked about that already. March NPD as well. The best-selling games for March. However, the NPD group is no longer the NPD group. They've renamed. I think it's like Carinsa or something. I don't remember. For the sake of simplicity, we're going to stick with NPD. So sue me. It's what we know. It's what we know. It's what you know as a listener, too. If I say the monthly Carcina, what the hell does that mean? I don't care. But NPD, you know and love it. It's the best-selling games of the month. Uh, And then we'll end up with just a little Greg story in music because I am a hot mulligan nerd. So without further ado, let's start where we customarily adieu uh, with what you've been up to, Sam. The only thing I'm really going to talk about here now, since everything else I have is kind of sprinkled in throughout the rest of the show, but I finally started Hunter Hunter. Uh, the anime God that's on Netflix. You. God that bless are, you. Um, it's been a long time coming. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's freaking long freaking time. And I was like, you know what? I, I I always hear good things about it. Let me let me jump on. Our boy from Origami Crane told me that was one of his favorite animes when we had him on the pod. Uh, Jake Fine, and I just like you know. Let me dive in, and I I can already see. I think I'm like 25 to maybe 28 episodes in and I can already see why that people are behind Gone and any other characters. It kind of like, I have vibes of like sometimes like some DBZ vibes. Then it's like I, some Yu Yu Hakusho vibes. Like it, it's, it, it's kind of funny that way, but I kind of wish I watched it like when it first came out. Cause maybe I would have been more hyped about it and probably watched it a lot faster, but I definitely banged at least 15 episodes in one day. I, I definitely like got hooked in. So I'm in the story. Um, I'm hooked in, and I, I, I'm I'm in it for the long haul. I see that it's like it had like an initial what like a, a 64 or 62 episode run. Then like six years later, they were like, okay, let's reboot it and tell the story fully. Then I see that's 148 episodes. So and two animated movies. So I'm definitely a little bit behind, but I'm going to finish it out. I'm really enjoying it. If you have Netflix, you're in anime. I'm I'm sure I'm got to be one of the last people late to the party seeing Hunter Hunter. But if you want to give it a chance, Hunter Hunter on Netflix. That's basically all I've basically have. You know, we're watching the Phillies. Sixers are in the playoffs. They're playing Game Three right now. We're up by six. Last I checked, so that's what's going on right now with me. Wow, I mean, yeah, like you said, a lot of what you're you're doing is probably going to be sprinkled in. I don't know the rest of his list, ladies and gentlemen, but I would imagine it's like Mandalorian and stuff like that. Luckily, that, that, I brought some... St- go, ahead, go ahead. I was going to say that, that, I mean, Ted Lasso, I'm still two episodes back. I didn't watch the last two episodes. But oh, was- Jesus. Uh, episode six of this season, the one that dropped technically yesterday, we're recording on 420, blaze it, uh, is the best since season one. It's amazing. Oh, that's great to hear because I think you said five wasn't great. So five was a stinky pants. Yeah, yeah. So, this episode this so, has gone stinker great, stinker great, stinker great. That's been the trend all three cycles through. So we're halfway home. Halfway home. Uh, yeah. So I, I will go with what I've been up to, and I've I have a lot. Last time I didn't too much. We had three bonuses and all this other stuff going on. So. Um, we had a quicker turnaround this time. It's been a little bit since we've recorded, and so I am ready to talk shop. I think we recorded on the 27th of March, so a little under a month. Um, but I I am almost done Resident Evil 4 Remake. Uh, nice. It's a 16-chapter game, people. I can't play it super fast with, my, with everything I got going on. So 
but let me tell you, brother, I'm almost done it, and it stands up just as much, if not just a smidge below the original. Uh, there's so many things that they have improved. There are a couple of questionable ones. The Ramon Salazar fight I thought was a downgrade. A couple other things. The Krauser battle, a little weird. I think I prefer the original for those. Um, where's the big giant statue? If you all know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. But otherwise, the game is so much more atmospheric. It goes deeper into the story. You get a ton more about Luis playing with and as Ashley doesn't want to make me rip my hair out like the original. Um, it's hard as hell. And uh, the merchants just as good, if not better. So there's so much to love about resident evil Four remake that if you have not played it yet, what are you waiting for? You don't need to play the original. Um, obviously if you did good for you, uh, the original is a top 12 game of all time for me. This will probably fit in the top 20 when all is said and done, they just got to nail the ending and I'm sure they will. The Salazar fight. I'm sorry. The Lord Sadler fight. If you nail that, which, they do in the original really well. If it's half as good here, then the rest will hold. I'm really, really satisfied with the game. I love it. The puzzles are easy enough that they don't frustrate you. Um, the collectibles are fantastic. I love the side mission aspect. There's so much to love about this remake that I hope you uh, dive in because given our NPD in, in a couple segments, a lot of people have dove in. So have, have you seen any more of this game at all or just still that little <clears throat> village section? Yeah, I, Doc wind up playing it and beating it on his stream, and I probably watched 80% of it, and it looked awesome. Visuals look great. So, you know, some of the beginning, like you're just running around in circles with all these people. I, I feel like some of that's a little bit like, I don't know, it gets kind of boring. But other than that, I, I thought everything looked great. Yeah, the uh, when I play games, I like to do this thing where I play a big chunk, and then I go to one of my two or three favorite I guess you want to call them let's players or streamers or whatever. And I then watch their playthrough, but only after I'm done. And I only watch up to the section that I'm at. You're so at. I, yeah. I, there's just some reason I just like it just in case maybe I missed something or if somebody else had trouble with a part that I didn't or vice versa. So like either um, pro Jared, <laughs> Kyle Bossman, like one of those two, I, I tend to dive into their gameplay Rogers base. And so, that's how I like to play my games, and I did it with this. Pro Jared's got a really good RE4 remake playthrough. Um, he's got about five hours left in his, so that's kind of where I figure I'm at, that four to five hour range left to play. So as long as I'm done by May 12th, I'm happy. It's 420 Blaze It. I think I'll be okay. Hmm. Um, I should have it beaten relatively soon. So that's RE4 remake. Now to the movie that I can't get enough of. We'll probably end up somewhere in or just out of my top three when all is said and done uh, for the year. But I saw the Tetris movie on Apple TV plus um, and it is just as wacky and wild and zany as everybody says it is. It's just so much fun. Uh, Taron Edgerton, excuse me. <coughs> I've had this wicked cough. Taron Edgerton has, uh, he plays Hank Rogers, who is the main character who he didn't create Tetris, but he is largely responsible uh, in a way for it coming to the to the states and playable in the forms and fashions that we know and love today, a.k.a. Game Boy, NES, things of that nature. Actually, I don't know about the NES because I think that's Tengen, but definitely the Game Boy version. And it's cool because they use the real names of the real people who you know created it, and they use the real names of Howard Lincoln from Nintendo and all the cool people from behind the scenes there. And it's just this fun, wacky kind of comedy kind of drama 
type deal. Definitely a biopic, but they take many, many creative liberties. If you wanted to know the roundabout story of how Tetris came to be and how we get to play it today, I highly recommend Tetris on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, also, if you want the real story, the gaming historian, who is one of the best YouTubers out there for video game history and content, he put together an hour-long documentary about the history of Tetris. So like, when you're done watching the movie, just go watch the docs. So you can kind of get the real story, connect those dots. Uh, but it is a ton of fun. So definitely recommend it. It's just a shade under two hours. Uh, it's got a, about a, it's a 7.4 on IMDb, 61 on Metacritic. I read two critics that said, one said they didn't know what Tetris was. And then the other wow. never played it. So it's one of those deals where they judged it more as a movie versus like the, the topic at hand. And so I'll, I'll leave it at that. If you've played or like Tetris, I think this is a movie for you. Similar to Mario. Like if you know it and love it and play it, you'll love it. If you have no idea what you're talking about, it's probably not for huh. you. Yeah. Uh, the next thing I'll talk about is a very quick. This is not something I've been doing, but it's something I will be by the time we record next. And it's just a quick snippet. If you're like me and you love Dunks, Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkin', whatever. I call it Dunks. If you love their coffee like me. Butter pecan, the best flavor, the most underrated flavor of coffee in the history of coffee, Dunkin' Donuts specifically. Butter pecan's a seasonal favorite. I love springtime. It comes out, it comes, it goes, and I wait for it every year. This year, they have announced April 26th, Pecan Day, as a matter of fact. Butter pecan's going to be a full-time part of the Dunkin' Donuts menu. I will be wasting $12 a week on coffees. I'm sorry to my wallet and my bank account and my wife, because that's just how it's going to be. The best flavor of coffee full time, baby. And I'm so excited. I feel like, that's just that. I feel like yeah. everything has a day now. It's pecan day. It's donut day. It's dog day. It's pizza day. It's like, what the? Every time I turn around, it's a new day. Yeah. And then that's makes dinner that night really easy. Honey, what day is it? There's dinner, baby. Jesus. I love it because someone's got a sale somewhere. Uh, next, Sam and I will riff on this a little bit. I don't want to go too, too deep on it. Um, but Yellow Jackets season two is about halfway home. Uh, it's only a nine episode season. We are on episode five now, I want to say tonight as, as we record this. It'll premiere at midnight tonight, just four hours from now. Um <clears throat> And it's had its ups. It's had its downs. I would say this is not a perfect season of television. Started off strong, went a little crazy, started to slow down in three. I thought four was decent for the first half and kind of shit for the second. But just overall, are you caught up with the season? Yep. All right. Cool. I watched the first four episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Four. four yeah. Fantastic. So I'll start with you before I go into it. Just high level. We talked about episode one and it was really, really good, really engaging. We were both into it. How are you feeling four episodes in? I, th I think I'm kind of enjoying it more than I was on season one still. That's great to hear. You know, I'm liking I'm liking actually both sides of the fence. I'm, I think I'm liking more of actually, you know, when they're trapped there. And obviously the, the adults is, is way more appealing. I, I I really like um um Frodo's character. Yeah, Walter. Walter's Walter. Walter. Like, I feel like they are perfect for each other. Like yeah. they're so creepy, but they're so alike. And like that little montage at four, like of them like in the hotel room. I thought that was neat. 
Um, yeah, and, just to show that that they are. This isn't a front. This is who they are behind closed doors. They are cut from the, the same cloth. She might kill him, but you know that's for a different day. It, it, it could go either him. way at this yeah, point. It really, really could. He could be the overarching big bad. I mean, it it really could come down to that. He's got a lot of money. He could be the leader. <laughs> um, I, 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 in the older versions, we find out another person's alive. Who I, I, I always thought this person was going to die. So I was actually kind of shocked to see that this person was still alive. So I was like, okay. Yeah. Okay. I have so a we're... theory. I, I think on this episode, there's going to be a character death. I don't think it's going to be a major one. I think it's going to be more of a minor one. A character introduced this season. She likes show tunes and I couldn't be happier if this character leaves. Cause <clears throat> I talked about it after my episode one, this character oh, yeah. sucks. I think she falls off a cliff literally. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <sighs> the, the, the one scene when they're, when they finally partake in the feast and, it's the next day when they're like, you ate her face. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> that, that Ty, was that... don't you remember? I think that was an added online from what I've heard. I think that Liv Hewson, who did a great job. as Well, as that was man. that was literally one of my favorite lines. And that was just yeah. like just hit home how crazy it's it's kind of getting down there. And I don't know. I, I feel like all the actors and actresses have been have been hitting it out of the park. And, um, you know, we're really looking forward to episode five. Yeah, Pete Peppers has has uh, expressed interest in coming back on the show when the season is done to talk about Yellow Jackets season two. He does weekly Yellow Jackets content on YouTube now. That's his show of choice now uh, that Better Call Saul and all that is over. He does a weekly recap for every episode, like 25 minutes long. It's awesome. And then he does like a 10 to 15 minute trailer breakdown for the pre- for the following episode. So um, it's fantastic content. I highly recommend Pete Peppers on YouTube. We've had him on the show before. Good dude. Good conversation. With that being said, I thought the character reveal of who is still alive is shit. I I hope it's some sort of like vision and or which I don't think it is. But I, I think that there's I think there's something there. He hasn't said a word yet. Well, I said he I kind of gave it away. They haven't said a word yet since coming back. His uh, his his sibling <laughs> reaction was kind of like, uh. So I, I, there's got to be something here to this, and I hope it's not one for for longevity because I'll be a little upset if there's just a random yeah. hacker underground that's heated. And yeah, I, there's. Yeah, I felt some some really fucking warm blankets. Like I, like, I need an explanation how my man made it. So like you know, I'll leave it at we, that. We see two trees that are prosperous in the winter time, and there's growth on them. So like, okay, there's a heat source if there's a coal mine or something underneath the ground. I just there's got to be something to it. Obviously, I hope to today's episode really clears the air on that because that'll kind of formulate my opinion about episode four. I really love the first half at the second half on. I'm like, not my favorite. And uh, so, yeah, there's going to be a big storm in episode five. There's going to be, um, you know, Callie uh, saying, you know, she's dating Jeff, which I really think or not Jeff Jay. I really think that that's. The big secret she's going to tell, she says to her parents in the trailer, like, hey, I think, uh, you know, would you be mad if I told you something? And everybody thinks it's going to be that she told the cop about the affair. However, I really just think that it's I have an older boyfriend and I'm dating him. And and so I think there's still webs to be untangled there. The trailers love to be deceptive and it's to its show. It's to the show's fault, to be honest. I don't love it. We saw Jen be rabid, but all it was was a vision from Coach Ben. We saw a bunch of shit where they, we, you know, they make you believe that it's happening in show, and uh, it, it's not. It's been a vision or some bullshit. And so I really have this hope, I have this hope that the final shot from the last trailer, where they're carrying a body back on a 
on a poll is in fact real and not some bullshit because I'll be very upset uh, with that. And, and um, the last thing I'll say about it is probably my favorite episode um, with Shauna's character is the van, the van heist and her getting it back. I, I feel like it was her, my favorite episode she's been in so far. Ruthless. Three. When she went in to get the yeah. van back, the way she delivered that line about skinning a human body was oh, absolutely it, Easily her best moment, best episode of the show so far. I think episode three was probably my favorite. Um, <laughs> my parents. It was mad. Three with three was madness. That, my that parents that's watch when, it now, by the way. It's, it, it's a good show. It's a yeah, good show. They, they accidentally ordered Showtime. Uh, on my fire stick to watch it. So we got charged eleven ninety nine. Hey, why uh, get your money's worth? <laughs> they, I, not only did I already cancel it because unfortunately with my parents, something had happened. So I, you know, they're not going to be watching it for a little bit. So like, not only did I cancel it, they refunded me without me having to ask. So good for Love you, that. Amazon uh, for that. But yeah, that's our thoughts on yellow jackets. It's still my favorite show going right now. Um, <clears throat> just right above for all mankind and some other things out there. But, like it's still fantastic. We got five episodes to go, and uh, I'm I'm wholly excited for where it's going to go. And we already know it got an early renewal for season three, so we're just going to get more. So Yellow Jackets, Showtime, Paramount Plus. If you have not watched it yet, what the hell are you waiting for? Uh, the next thing I have, I have three more. I'll go as fast as I want. God damn it. Uh, the next one, I'm only halfway done, so I can't tell you how it ends, and I can't tell you if I love the way it ends, but I sure as shit love the start. I'm talking about Netflix's beef. Um, yep, it's on our list. I, I literally told Kelly about it two days ago. I was like, this is our next show we're watching. This has lived up to mm. all of the hype so far. All of it, every single piece of it, it's getting hyped to shit. And quite frankly, it has been absolutely worth it. I have loved it very, very much. Steven Yuen, as you know, Glenn from The Walking Dead and Ali Wong. Uh, Steven Yuen plays Danny. Uh, Allie plays an, a woman named Amy. She is an entrepreneur. He is a contractor. They get into a road rage type incident and it changes their lives completely and they become obsessive over it. That is all you need to know. Um, and that's all I will tell you. If that sounds like your type of show, it's funny. It's thrilling in some aspects. There's a lot of drama to it. And it's just, it kind of breaks down the human anatomy of how one little thing can change your entire life and how you can kind of become obsessed over it and all these little things that it weaves. And I'll tell you, episode one alone packs a huge punch in a short amount of time. These are 40 minute or less episodes. This is not a show that's going to drag you. This is a show that goes hard, goes fast, and you kind of can't look away. And and the ending of episode one is so much fun that you're like, all right, they're in it. They're not going to waste any time with these characters so i highly 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 recommend beef um i'm up to like 14 shows already this year and i have another probably 15 or 16 on the list so you know me my tv lists it's my favorite medium like it's going to be long at the end of the year i can't tell you where this is going to slot in but it will be highly considered if it sticks its landing i have four more episodes maybe i can't recall but it is so good so worthy of all the hype cannot recommend beef on Netflix enough. The last episode I gave you my overall high level impressions of fallout boys, new record so much for stardust. But now that I've had more than three days to dive in, I can firmly tell you that this is about the only thing spinning for me on repeat. 
um, besides Polyphia and some things that get me hype, like Coheed and stuff. But like this new Fallout Boy record is right now my favorite record of 2023. Um, it's as vintage as you're going to get. And I'll tell you, Fake Out and uh, and What a Time to Be Alive um, are the two best songs in the record. I didn't even mention them last time because I didn't get a great feel for them. Um, but those are the two best songs in the record. It's not even close. You want the best song. You want the best song encapsulating quarantine and COVID and our time over the past three years and what 2019 used to look like. What a time to be alive is the song for you. It is an anthem for the pandemic and I can't recommend it enough. So fallout boy so much for stardust. You will be hearing about this uh, on my end of the year rankings. Cause right now it's number one. So we're talking bearings has to be better. Hot mulligan has to be better and something else just to bump it off the list. So yeah, I, uh, Cannot recommend Fall Out Boy so much for Stardust enough. And the last thing I will talk about, because Sam, I watched it. You will eventually. The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 30th anniversary show, Once and Always, just hit Netflix yesterday as we're recording on the 19th of April. And I got to tell you, if you're a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fan, this is perfect for you. It's less than an hour. It only does the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It doesn't go into later Rangers you know, Dino Crisis or whatever. That's a, that's a video game. Dino Force and Shining Galaxy. And all the, I don't even know the names, but it sticks with the Mighty Morphins. And we know that um, uh, Amy Jo Johnson is not in it, although her voice and mention, and Kimberly by name is mentioned. <clears throat> Tommy by name is mentioned. Jason by name is mentioned, even though Austin St. John not in it. Obviously, Jason David Frank, even though I believe it was filmed before his passing, is not in it. Yeah, him and but, him and um, Amy Joe turned it down. And Austin St. John apparently too, because he's not in it either. But Steve Cardenas is in it as Rocky. Um, Aisha Johnny makes Young an Bosch. appearance. Johnny Young Bosch makes an appearance. It's really centered around Billy and Zach, <clears throat> um, and another character. However, how about this? Without giving it away, there's a death in the show. In this damn, like, we'll call it a show, we'll call it a movie, we'll call it like a presentation. It reminds me of Werewolf by Night. It's kind of a little bit of both, and it's not long enough to be a movie, not short enough to be a show. So we'll just call it like a special feature, if you will. Um, A presentation. There's a death early, and Rita Repulsa kills somebody. And it's like, holy shit. And when you find out who it is, it will doubly fuck with you. Pardon my language. I'm trying to be better at the F words. It will mess with you pretty heavily. And it'll kind of throw you for a loop a little bit. And then there's 49 minutes of cheese uh, and then some bad CG with the Zords. But guess what? It's exactly what you want. And um, I got to tell you, it was fun enough to be good, but nothing I'll ever watch again, if that makes sense. I I totally enjoyed it. It was the perfect amount of cheese from the 90s. And it brought me back to a time when life was simpler. So I recommend it. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and always uh, once a ranger always a ranger stick around for the credits because they'll make you tear up that's yeah all I, I, I i already know that uh, the old scene they play of amy joe singing I, I i know it i seen the little clip so but yeah it's on the list i will say it because it wasn't a money more power ranger fan back in the day yeah it's yeah she sings a song <laughs> zach joins in and then there's trini and then there's tommy and billy yeah, and yep, i remember Jason. the episode so i remember <laughs> yeah it's definitely a tearjerker towards the end there i was like <laughs> 
once and always, baby. All right, let's get into it. The movie section here, just 28 minutes into the pod, we finally get to talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Spoiler warning ahead. There will be time codes, ladies and gentlemen. Don't expect a 40-minute conversation here. We're not going to be going beat by beat or plot point by plot point because let's be real. There wasn't really a plot to this movie. Um, like like we, we said, this isn't, you know what I mean? This This ain't the Godfather. Right, this is the Mario movie, and as much as I wanted to do a bonus, as much as I want to break down every plot point, it's just not that serious. So uh, we're going to turn your spoilers up here for you. Check the time codes if you want to avoid this uh, to go into the rest of the movie section, but I'll start with you as I customarily do. What were your overall thoughts of the Super Mario Brothers movie? Overall, I I thought it was a good movie. I I think it hit everything it needed to. It Like we said, it wasn't this plot driven movie i mean it was very formulaic here's a b equals c there you go just there it is i know me and you talked you know right obviously we saw it together in theaters that we said yeah the easter eggs fantastic the music all the feels animation was beautiful absolutely you know so kudos to who was the animation was it illumination illumination did it yes kudos to them we said from the beginning, this will be a billion dollar movie. No okay. surprise. It it's, it's, it's already at already. $730 million on a $100 million budget. Um, it's, it's, it's 90 minutes. It's an hour and a half. That was one of the things I loved about it. It was bam, bam, you're out of there. It wasn't, you know, it, I, it didn't drag, even though, like I said, Morbius was 94 minutes, and that felt three hours. This kind of breezed by very quick. There was a nice little end credit scene, which I mean, no surprise. We literally called it like, okay, yeah. it's got to be this, yeah, because you know, there's a mid credits too. Yeah, nice little mid credit scene. There will be a sequel. There will be spinoffs. There will be it's their own. A Nintendo Cinematic Universe will happen. Exactly. That's has to be what's going to happen. Um, Jack please Black, don't call or, it the NCU. Please don't call it the NCU. Just no, but, but, oh God, they they, they can't. Oh. Jack Black as Bowser, my favorite part of the of the movie. He he is absolutely fantastic. I think he steals it. Yeah. Charlie Day was fantastic. My, my Chris Pratt was just blah. I, he he didn't. I I, he I was wanted fine. to. I don't think he hurt the movie. I just don't think he did anything spectacular. That's I you know I I, I I'm so, I'm somewhere in the middle with that. Like he he didn't like give it that extra boost that I, I was hoping for. He just kind of played it like Chris Pratt. They changed uh, some of his line deliveries, like in the second trailer when they're on Rainbow Road and you hear Mario go "Wahoo!" Yep, they changed that in the final cut. That is not how it sounds. It's actually much worse, and I don't know why they went with the final cut that they did. But in my head, it will always be "Wahoo!" Not like "Wahoo!" It was bad. That's what I'm saying. They just like Chris Pratt. It. Like he was just Chris Pratt. Um, I, but everything else, I, I I truly loved. I mean, a fan of the of the video games. I, I think you're gonna love this movie. It like like you, you you're you're watching like clips of your daughters. If you have young children, you see this movie. I feel like you will get an extra enjoyment by seeing their enjoyment out of it. That's I didn't have that, so that's probably why I was around like a six with this movie. I got some great with it, but I'm standing by my six out of ten. I'm I'm still saying it's still a good movie. Go see it in theaters. It's definitely worth it. You'll you'll have some fun. Was it corny? Will... Yes. Did all the jokes hit? No. No. But what movie does? Yeah. I will read the tweets that the two tweets that I created about the movie, and then I'll go in a little bit deeper into my overall thoughts. And uh, I will say that uh, as a massive Mario and Nintendo fan, the Super Mario Brothers movie was a metric ton 
a fun. It was a very fun movie. The visuals, 11 out of 10. Nailed it. Couldn't be better. I think they were spectacular. The music, the original music, 15 out of 10. Loved it. If you're a Nintendo or Mario fan, just listen in the background and you will just get whisked away to a magical place. The uh, heavy-handed, really unnecessary 80s music, not needed, but I'll get there in a sec. Jack Black as Bowser. Oh, take take me on. Take me yeah. on song. Take on me. Nope. Take on me. Pick, take on pick, me. pick a new freaking song. And Sorry. I need a hero. Like, come on. Shrek 2 did that. 15 years ago or 20 years ago, and it was 10 times better. No one will do it better. Please with the, I need a hero. And I also heard that originally they were going to use that, uh, might as well jump for jump man, Mario. And they stopped themselves. Thank you. Keep the licensing money. Use your original songs. Jack's black, Jack blacks, Bowser 20 out of 10 best character, uh, easily hands down followed by Luigi will be, will be, kind of like an icon like his portrayal of bowser will be an all-time iconic animated movie role we will talk about him as the gold standard for voice acting for a long time because of how much he absolutely nailed it and now with the critical and commercial success of peaches the music video and song jack black did no wrong in this movie i thought he was just flawless in the role of bowser couldn't picture anybody else and don't want to Cameos and references, 100 out of 10. I'm a massive Punch-Out fan. I don't think I'll ever see a new game, but Punch-Out got its own kind of cafe in the movie, and I saw Glass Joe, and I saw King Hippo, and I saw Don Flamenco. Uh, I, I saw what made me happy, and that made me very happy. He's playing Kid Icarus on his NES. The his cell phone is the GameCube sound when it rings. Uh, yep. There's an R wing from Star Fox above his TV. There's a Captain Falcon reference. Like I think I, I, there might have just been an overall F zero, but like there are so many small little references and cameos in this game as a massive Nintendo fan. I cannot wait to go back tomorrow morning at 1130 to take my daughter. Um, so we cannot wait. We're going to be there. Probably when you're listening to this, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be checking it out for a second time. I'm so excited to take my my four year old. She has been looking forward to it, and I and my wife too been looking forward to it. So the three of us are gonna go. My youngest is gonna stay home by herself. She's 18 months. She can handle it. Um, it'll be She'll fine. Be fine. Yeah, <laughs> d- d- parenting nowadays is way overrated. Um, I should say for the record, we have a sitter. I never. I wish I never saw the trailers, though, and that's where I think I come down on my overall rating for this movie. I wish I never saw the trailers because, quite frankly, I saw the whole film because I saw the trailers. Um, that's a bummer. It's a big bummer to me. Uh, it was a fun movie. However, it was incredibly safe. This was pull no punches. Let's put a bunch of cameos in there to get people jacked up. Let's have some great music, but we are not going to take a single risk. And I felt like that's what Miyamoto probably said in his back office when they agreed to do this. They were like, just don't make us look bad. In like in the famous words of Russell from almost famous, just make us look cool. And like they, they accomplished that you look cool, but it was very, very safe. A little too much reliance on slow motion for me. They did it like three or four times. And that oh, was Zack Snyder does it. It's an issue. <laughs> It's an issue for me here. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, uh, I meant like for the critics. I, I, didn't, I, I, I think you. I saw one critic say too much slow motion, and I would agree with that. 
yeah, there's there's a little too much slow motion for me, a little bit too much random 80s songs for my taste. I would, I would again, prefer them to use the incredible and endless library of Mario and Nintendo music that they already own. And my overall thought is kids are going to go nuts for this movie. Uh, simple as that. And they already have. It's almost at 800 million. It probably will be um, very shortly. I'm about to dump 35 more dollars into its box office draw after dropping 44 with you. So almost a hundred of my US American dollars. I said US American, deal with it. It was a 7.5 out of 10 for me because I didn't go see this movie for the plot. I went to see it for all the cool little things. They delivered, and I'm happy. It won't be my favorite movie this year. I like Tetris better as a movie. Um, but as a fan, as a wide-eyed, whimsical 35-year-old almost. Uh, I couldn't have asked for anything more. So as safe as it was, it was just so much fun. Uh, I had mentioned some things that I didn't like about the movie. You had mentioned a couple. Are there anything else that stuck out to you that you're like, yeah, this didn't really hit for me? What kind of hurts is I kind of forget it. Like, yeah, I don't 15, remember. We saw it 15 days ago, ladies and gentlemen. We, we you, waited. You know, and we did see it l- later in the night. You know what I mean? <laughs> the I, old I, 7.15 start time. We, Definitely. Sure, for me that that that's late for me when you're waking up at four something for work. But I I I it, it wasn't perfect. I did like um, Keegan Michael Key as Toad. Seth Rogen yeah. was just Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. There's another drawback. Yeah, he he. Was you know what I mean? I I had to say it. I didn't want to make. I wanted to make sure one of us touched it. Um, so other- so the overarching like problem that a lot of people have with this movie is that Princess Peach, played by Anya Taylor Joy, pretty well. Um, they think there, there's complaints that she is like, uh, you don't need to help me. I'm self-sufficient. I can do this mm-hmm. type deal. Mm-hmm. And like, she can do everything. Um, and they're, they're kind of mad that she like, doesn't need saving. Um, I mean, number one, wake up. I mean, like she's in smash. She can do all these things. <laughs> like she's a very reliable smash fighter. Uh, number two, have you ever played super Mario 3d world or land? No world or Mario two. She is a playable character in those movies or in those games, and she's damn good. She's arguably the best in Mario 2 because of her floating mechanics, but I'll save that for another day. Dude, do we have to find something to bash on always? Can we just say it was a fun and flawed movie and they're going to make 25 more and like just move on with our lives? Because that's where I'm at. It was fun. It was flawed. It was safe, and I'm ready to go see it again. But it won't be my favorite. Like, that's it. Yeah, it was it won't, exactly he, what it, I thought it would be. It won't be on our top three, but I'm still glad we saw it in theaters. We always try to support, you know, the movies, like, especially gaming or if it's superhero or something like that. So I'm still glad we did. Hopefully we can sneak in another movie this year sometime. Hey, man, it, we saw it in IMAX, and I will say the sound design was perfect for IMAX. Like, it was a great experience. Tomorrow I'm just going to go see it standard, regular, no frills. Yeah, go, go, see, go see John Wick 4 in theaters. You're, you're really going to see. You know what that sound is. Oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah. By the way, RE4 Remake, another great thing. They sound design in that game was fantastic. The gunplay sounds great. But this was a good movie. It, will, it, just, it won't ever be a masterpiece. But they weren't trying to be. They were trying to appeal to seven-year-olds. And they've accomplished that. I will say Seth Rogen's Donkey Kong is just Seth Rogen. Yep, I didn't it. really find too much to love about that. Um, I didn't find too much to love about <clears throat> excuse me sebastian maniscalco's foreman spike it was fine yeah, but you just, know what just, just fine charles martinet makes a 
two cameos in the movie. One yeah. of them, he plays like a Mario lookalike guy who is playing a, an arcade game inside the punch out cafe. That was fun. And number two, how could you not love the human side of the Mario brothers? Like when they're around the dinner table with their family, I thought that was great. I thought that was yeah. arguably probably the best stuff in the movie. No, I, I totally agree. Got to see some and Charles Martin, just to hear his little bit of voice. Um, I think you even had John DiMaggio. I think he had a small role in it as well. And I know we did see Diddy Kong. I don't know if you mentioned. Um, oh, we saw a lot of Kongs. Diddy Kong was a great little. They they held on him for a minute. I think they even said it. Yeah, it, it was quick. It was a quick second. Like, if you blinked a couple times, you missed it. Oh, there was my big gripe. Um, Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. I didn't like the the older, you know, the old Kong. <laughs> yep, yep. I didn't like him at all. I just didn't think the voice fit for the old cranky Kong. I wanted like an older voice and kind of more tired thing, but no, we got like this weird Fred Armisen. Like he's only phase in his fifties. He ain't old enough. (laughs) He sounded like another character from something else we already know. And I had it pinpointed when I was watching the movie. I can't remember it now and I'll have to hear it again tomorrow. And and I'll, I'll remember again, but I just didn't think he had a very good cranky. Kong. So like overall the Kongs just weren't great. Um, and so that's where I would say the, you know, Pratt was just fine. Like he didn't kill the movie. He didn't enhance the movie in any way, but the Kongs were a little disappointing. I was fine with Anya Taylor. I was fine with, uh, uh, I was fine with, uh, Keegan Michael Key. I was fine with Charlie, with Charlie Day. Day. So overall happy with it. I'll see it a million more times because my kids are going to watch this just, just for, they already watch peaches 15 times a day. So, um, I can already tell that I'm probably going to be sick of this movie by the time the, the awards yep. roll around. It'll be just like frozen all over again. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to imagine this is going to be on repeat in my house. And by number four, I'm just going to be completely over it, but at least it's only 90 minutes and at least it does fly by. I will say that I wasn't ever bored and I never really drug. I mean, they just went boom, 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 boom. See you later. You know, so at least it's got that going for it. But that's our thoughts on the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, welcome back to those who skipped it for the spoilers. Anything else you want to add uh, just overall here um, about the movie before we move on? I give it probably another week before it hits a billion. That's about it. That's probably right. It needs another weekend. And uh, do we have any holidays coming up that people? No, I don't think so. We're kind of past that. But ladies and germs. Uh, let's move on to the next stories here in movies. Legendary has acquired the film and TV rights to the Street Fighter franchise. You mean to tell me Sean Claude Van Damme is not going to be my my uh, my guile anymore? This is upsetting to me. Actually, I feel like this is a long time coming. Actually, yeah, like, this, for real, it's been around forever. Everyone loves Street Fighter. Yeah, the movies say what you want about them. Some good it's and some rough, bad in it's there. It's a rough one. The movie's <laughs> yes, one. some good and some bad in there, but you know we're, we're due for the reboot, and we need it to, to. We need that cleanse. I'm ready. I hope it doesn't take its stylistic, uh, uh, what's the word, inspirations from Street Fighter Six, because that that logo's terrible, the graffiti's terrible, every the fonts are terrible. I I am so out on Street Fighter Six, um, but boy. To get like a TV and a movie, I'm I'm happy about it. I could use a TV series of Street Fighter. I mean, we saw Mortal Kombat was fine. The second one's probably going to be a little bit better um, or much worse. Uh, you know, we see that TV and video game adaptations are getting better on TV and and, and movies. We you know, uh, Horizon, God of Wars, uh, Twisted Metal, all of these things are getting 
uh, TV and, and movie adaptation. So why not Street Fighter? It's been since the 90s. Uh, I think we're due. Just again, like Nintendo said, just make us look cool. Just don't mess That's it up. It. That's it. That's I mean, it. this day and age, it's been freaking like 20 years. We're ready. I have to admit, though, I am hoping for a TV series over a a film. I could also see a live action film and then an animated TV or a live action TV with like an animated feature thing that builds up to a movie TV. or something like that. I could or see like that. tells the story between seasons type deal. Yeah. I'm, like I'm, I'm down with that. Live action season, animated refresher, live action season, animated refresher. I could see something like that. I think didn't The Witcher do that? Didn't The Witcher have an animated thing? Yeah, they no, did. They, they did. Yeah. I and it was pretty good, good actually. Um, oh, this that, one's the, for you. But the I, live action spinoff? Eh, not so much. You can skip that. I, I This next piece, the Blue Beetle trailer came out finally, and I watched it, so I have thoughts, but this one's more for you. What did you think of finally getting to see the Blue Beetle trailer? Yeah, so you know, Blue Beetle, this is the third portrayal of Blue Beetle in comics. It's um, Ted Kord's the second one, and it's um, – who's the first one? It's been a uh, it's been a while. Ted Ted Cord Ted Cord second Garrett maybe I'm I'm having a brain fart who the first one but this, he's the third one, um being played by was it Zolo is that he pronounces his name the kid from Karate Cobra Kai kid. Cobra Kai thank you Cobra Kai that's it. he's playing Miguel Reyes. Miguel from yes from Cobra Kai Cobra Kai that's how you that's that's who it is so I, I, again I I I think he's going to be okay I think the trailer was was better than I expected. Um, I did like the scene when he split the bus right in half, when he comes and basically makes the, the buster sword from um, Final Fantasy. Uh, George Lopez is, is in as his uncle. That, I, I guess that, that's fine there. But again, I'm, 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 I'm interested because I don't know too much about um, Yami Reyes. I'm, I know more about Ted Cord. I know they did. I saw in the background it was like Cord industry. So he's got to somehow show up in here. I saw the the actual Blue Beetle ship, which was Ted Cord ship. So it's good to see that flying around. It's, it's just a Blue Beetle flying around. I think he had his George Lopez was flying it at one point or something with him. But I, it, it looks fun. It, it, it's this should it be pretty cool. I thought the yeah, suit I, the suit looks awesome. I, I thought that was like one of the better looking superhero suits, like like top tier. I I see why now that they changed it from being a TV show to a movie because. It it looked like a movie. It, it didn't look like a TV quality. This was, okay. This is probably going to be a an hour forty five minute movie origin story. No one, Blue Beetle. No, one, I don't think no one really knows this character. Um, I, I hope Which it does is the good. scary part. That's yeah. that's going to be rough. DC doesn't have a great reputation. Just overall in general, even Marvels has dropped immensely with phase four and in the beginning of phase five here superheroes are kind of not what they were even four years ago and this is a theatrical now they've made that decision that could be rough for him and if black adam's gonna bomb relatively speaking i don't know about blue beetles box office prosperity my man and and that's the thing i i this is they're going to have to hopefully get a lot of the kids' attention because I feel like this is definitely aimed a lot more toward for younger kids rather than the adults. Uh, I mean, which I, I, I don't DC, know if a lot of younger kids know who Blue Beetle is, though, too. I mean, that if you watch like you know, early and mid phased Marvel was really, really good at taking 
lesser known characters and building them up and blowing them up into these great franchises. You saw it with Guardians, you saw it with Deadpool, just two really good examples. But then they did things like the Fantastic Four reboot, which I know was a heavy into Fox and all that, but like New Mutants, they all at least were under that Marvel banner. DC, on the other hand, they went really mature with their content. They went a little darker, yeah. they went this, that, and the other way, and their TV was always pretty acceptable to really good. And now you're starting to see this shift with Blue Beetle, which it's skewing younger and it's also going theatrical. So like, yeah, it kind of flies in the conventional face. And I just don't know if that's going to jive, even if it does critically well. I, I just don't see a path for this movie doing commercially well. I, I actually have a feeling it's going to do better than Shazam. Um, I, I imagine it has a I, I don't see what the, the budget is. I don't see it listed here, but I, I, I'm sure that it's less than Shazam 2. And I feel like James Gunn has been back in this movie like way more than he backed Shazam 2, saying that it was like, this movie was fantastic. You can't miss it. Like, I feel like he didn't say shit for Shazam. So I wouldn't be surprised if this one's going to be very well received and actually make some money. So I actually have some faith in this in this little underdog. I will bet you a, a Taco Bell hard shell taco that Shazam 2 outgrosses theatrically Blue Beetle. All right, I'll, I'll bet you. I'll bet you a taco. That's a done One deal. Taco Bell hard shell taco, no lettuce, cheese and meat only, fire sauce. You're on. Whatever you need, brother. <laughs> All the accoutrement are free. Accoutrement, got you, got you. <laughs> so we're good to go. Uh, we we are getting three new Star Wars movies, and uh, these are big deals. Although they seem pretty far away, we're getting one from James Mangold that will go back to the Dawn of the Jedi. Uh, great. Can't wait to do more Jedi shit. Um, Dave Filoni, at least it's not Skywalker. Uh, Dave Filoni will do another one that will focus on the new Republic and it will actually close out the stories told in the Mandalorian, the book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and some other D Disney plus shows. And then we're getting a final one. Sadly enough, that will be set after the events of rise of the uh, rise of Skywalker. It will feature Daisy Ridley back as Ray as she builds a new Jedi order. That's so cool. But We've said it before, and we've said it again, and we'll say it again until we're blue in the face. Can you please stop with the Skywalker saga shit? I know it sells, but my God, I'm over it. What are your thoughts on these three new Star Wars movies? I'm most hyped for the Dave Filoni movie, of course. Me too. Dave Filoni and John Favreau, to me, have basically been through Star Wars on their back these last couple of years with The Mandalorian and Ahsoka. Uh, maybe so not good. so much. So okay, maybe not so much with um, Boba Fett, but um, it, it's building towards the bigger villain, which is Grand Admiral Thrawn. Thrawn, Grand Admiral. So to kind of <laughs> start it with Mandalorian, oh, to keep it going with Ahsoka, and then it's going to lead to this big ending. I imagine it's going to be this big build of this big epic, and I imagine he has all the authority. So it's like he's not getting. Kathleen Kennedy's now whispering in his ear that he has to do this, this, and this. No, I, I, I feel like Filoni, we have, we can trust him hundred and ten percent. I, I literally, I definitely can't wait for that. Um, <clears throat> the Daisy really, like, I, I like her. Sure, Again, Ray's a fine character, but I'm uh, tired of anything Skywalker related, and she yeah, is a Skywalker. Um, yeah, no, she's a Palpatine. Uh, whatever she. Is. No, I thought she said I'm a Skywalker at the end of the movie. No, I, I thought she was Palpatine. No, if, if memory serves, 
your memory is probably better than mine on Star Wars. I haven't seen Skywalker since or Rise of Skywalker yeah. since we walked out of the theater and started the shit all over it together. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm 99.999% sure she's a Palpatine which sucks because I I it was so much better if she was just a nobody. You didn't what just if, have to Wait, s- maybe she said Palpatine but then didn't she like see the house or like the people and she like said like in her heart she's a skywalker or some shit i can't remember yeah she might have said some shit but by blood in that movie she was a palpatine, yeah, palpatine. I think which right. sucks i mean they hey maybe they could <laughs> redcon it and be like hey you know what nah we, we sorry guys we were kidding let that one go she's nobody does maybe they, lord palpatine come back again now if, if palpatine returns again i, I walk out the theater like, I, I'm, mean, I'm, I think I'm, we could have walked out the theater last time somehow palpatine returns i oh. i mean that's not what i want to see um, Palpatine I'm, I'm has a daughter. Oh my! Well, I never mind. Now I'm just getting uh, ahead of my stuff. I'm, you know, but I, I'm excited to see Ray. Whether they bring back Finn, whether they bring back Adam Driver's character, who the hell knows? Because I, I already even know, even you know what happens to his character. I already saw that that they were, he was being asked or whatever to be in the film. So, and you know, it, it takes place 15 years after. And she's probably some badass Jedi, which is cool. Just never mention her origin story. Drop it. I never want to hear that again. Eight and nine are still like probably my least favorite things of Star Wars ever. But I will at least give the new ones a chance. But Dave Filoni, his movie, I'm most excited for. Here's a question. When? I said they're probably years away, but I didn't put a year on it. What are you Maybe thinking here? You know, 2026. And which comes, and which comes first? They you think floating. they come in the order that I said it? I yeah, I would I'd imagine that Rays will be last. Yeah. And Filoni's probably maybe first. I said Filoni's first second, or second. Maybe, yeah, first or second. I think Filoni's first makes sense because Mandalorian is gonna be over soonish. Um hopefully Book of Boba Fett is done. Ahsoka the, might only get a couple one or two seasons. Like, yeah, these the stories way, are gonna be ready to be wrapped up by the time that movie's rock ready to rock. So because season four of Mando, I don't expect to see that until the Late end of 2024 if not the beginning of 2025 and then have the movie the end like december 2026 shit maybe even 2027 at this point because i i think that's how he wants to wrap up his whole his whole arc then he goes all off in the sunset it was cool to see uh um he had a little cameo in the finale of mandalorian i, I will say that just to see floney in his little cowboy hat <laughs> that's i can't even picture because i will never ever see that episode so i just don't know i just i'm telling you it's the last it's the last episode of season three these movies will never ever ever grace my screen i will never see them so that's just a really cool thing for me now i'll probably watch the filoni one and then in passing the other two just because i've seen all nine of the (laughs) yeah as we say in poker you're pot committed yeah, and like I'll watch them because they'll all hit Disney Plus eventually. By the time Disney Plus is forty two dollars a month, and uh, on our nine K TVs, and I'm sure we'll be there for it and all this good stuff. But uh, yeah, I-, I can't tell you I'm excited. But here's the deal: if they come out and they start to surprise people, well, I have no hype, and I can wait forever for these because I have no hype. So if they come out and I'm like, oh, cool, they're here and they're doing well. Hey, look, I got some background fodder. That's Mm -hmm. all it is to me at this point. And I don't mean to shit on the franchise. I'm going to be 40 by the time these come out. Mm -hmm. And and I'll say it at this point, 
39 of my 40 years on this earth, I just didn't give a shit. So I'm not going to pretend now. Uh, it's as simple as that. It's just where I'm at. Extraction 2 hits Netflix June 16th. We got a trailer as well. This was one of the hits of the early pandemic era movies. Chris Hemsworth, Thor himself in a very bloody, very violent, but very fun movie that you and I both highly recommended. Sometimes these sequels go uh, a little bananas, but it reminds me of Bad Boys that uh, if it goes bananas in the right way, it could even be better than the first one. I'm excited for this just two months away. What about you, Extraction 2? And again, story by Joe Russo along with Anthony Russo. Joe Russo wrote the first one. And I remember Extraction 1, I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. The action, the long take, they implemented the same thing on the second film. I believe the same director, Sam Hargrave. Yep, same director as the first one. Nope, I lied to you. He did not direct the first one. First, oh no, it was okay. It wasn't showing up on his credit. That's weird. But it's only what Christ, we're already. Oh my God, basically two months away at this point. And oh, and Olga Karolinko is in it as well. Good actress. She's in a lot of crap. Um, <laughs> like. When you say crap, do you just mean stuff or do you mean bad? No, she's, she, no she was actually in a lot of movies like okay. se, se, Seven Psychopaths, Walk of the Stars. You, you were like, she's Hitman. in a lot of crap? And I'm like, uh-oh. No, no, I, I actually I actually re- really do like her. She was actually one of my favorite shows, Magic City. It only lasted two seasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Such a shame. I wanted that to go again. Wasn't that on Stars? Yes, it was. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm here for this movie. I would love to see how he survives because he looked like he was dead, but obviously yeah, I remember that the end credit scene, he comes back somehow. So, um, I mean, he the got little his bi- cues from David Harbor on how to yeah, do that. The, the little bit that they showed, I mean, it looks like we're in for another wild ride. So, uh, June, June 16th, this probably will be a first weekend watch for me because, you know, me and Kelly really enjoyed the first one. Speaking of wild rides, Disney is making a live action Moana movie. Um, hey, with the rock. Hey. I, you know what? If he plays Maui, fine. I'd love think- to see him with long black curly hair. That will be hilarious. He'll look like the old Samoans from the 1990 WWF tag team. Yes. Um, so it'll be it'll be hilarious. The head shrinkers. Uh, so I'm definitely excited for that aspect. But this is just another Dis- Disney's just like not getting the memo. Like we didn't need Beauty and the Beast. Uh, we didn't need Cinderella. We didn't need any of these. The Little Mermaid. We don't need it. Um, however, we're getting them. And they keep just piling it on. We're getting Lilo and Stitch. We're getting Moana now. And it's like, you're just going to recycle your greatest hits instead of giving us better originals. And it's like, could you just think for yourself? Because what they're doing with these live actions is they're telling the same story, but they're adding these little twists. So it's not like it's a one-to-one and except for the Lion King, I think was pretty much one-to-one and it's like, okay, let's sit and rewind here. Scuttle, the greatest Disney character ever looks and sounds like shit. Flounder looks scary. He is going to haunt people. Sebastian went from being this lovable animated crab to just a crab. And he looks wretched. Um, this, you know, Melissa McCarthy is now going to be our Ursula. No, no, no. When you have Disney Plus, right, av- available, and all of these old, timeless animated classics are around, you don't need to recreate them for a new generation because the old ones are there now. They're still around. Mulan, Aladdin, they didn't need it. And guess what? They're all forgotten about. 
No one talks about them. But you know what they still talk about are these timeless animated classics because that's what they are. Disney, if you want to write the checkbook in the biggest way possible, here's how you do it. Stop with the CG bullshit. Go back to some hand-drawn, good old-fashioned animation for your movies and tell us some new fucking stories. Okay, give us the occasional... Uh, you know, sequel frozen three and all of the stuff that's going to make you a billion, but go back to hand drawn, go back to originals and recreate some timeless classics. I'm sorry, not recreate, create some new timeless classics for kids to grow up with instead of trying to shove the old stuff in our face in a new light because you've failed every time. And I have a sneaky suspicion. You're going to do it again with Moana. Moana is a great movie. Don't screw it up. There's my soapbox for Disney live action. Yeah, I've never seen no Moana. I've no interest, and I'll probably skip this one as well. It's it's actually really good. It's my daughter's both of them their favorite, and so I've seen it probably six hundred times. But just a great movie, and it's just gonna suck. Tamatoa, how are you gonna do Tamatoa live action? Sam, if you don't know, he's a giant uh, hermit crab type looking deal with. Uh, bling all over his shell and he sings an amazing song how are we going to recreate that i don't want them to please rethink this however they're not gonna i mean it's out there now indiana jones 5 got a new trailer during star wars celebration of all things because disney uh what'd you think of the new indy 5 trailer just wanted to remind everybody that harrison (laughs) ford will be 82 years old when this movie comes out Holy, holy, dude, it has a $295 million budget. Holy crap. Um, I, I thought the movie looked okay. I'm, I'm going to say it. I've seen every other Indiana Jones. They said, yes, this is his final outing as Indy. And probably, I mean, he probably wanted to do, the, do it again because the last one wasn't well received. And it's you know hopefully it go he goes out in a in a better light because the last one just left a bad taste everyone else no one likes to see aliens that kind of was like oh no that's the one that was too far it was aliens all the other crazy shit we did we believe but the aliens that nah, we, we can't move past it but other than that you know i i know that what's his name shia labeouf's not in the movie because he played his son in the last one but i'm i'm, I'm gonna say it that's it, that's our boy mads mickelson's in it Hopefully he plays a bad guy because he's one of my favorites. Toby Jones, he usually plays a bad guy as well. Antonio Banderas. So I really like the cast. I'm in it and James Mangold directed. I have faith. I'm glad one of us does. Um, I'm all set. Just all Dude, set. Just just real quick. Just some of the movies that James Mangold directed. Copland, Walk the Line, 310 to Yuma, Night and Day, The Wolverine, Logan, Ford vs. Ferrari, Indiana Jones. So and an, upcoming, and an upcoming Star Wars. So his his track record right now is he's on fire. So I have that faith in my guy. It's funny in Shrinking, they play him off as 67 or 70, something like that. And I'm like, my man's at least a decade older than you're portraying him. He at and least like, 90. He pulls it off. He pulls it <laughs> off. And so kudos to Harrison Ford. Um, the Godzilla versus Kong sequel got a new name and introduced a brand new big bad. There's like a 45 second teaser. Go watch that one for yourself. But its new name is now Godzilla X Kong, the new empire. And if you want to ruin a movie, that's how you do it. It's coming in 2024. What a you didn't also say in parentheses, the monkey wins. <laughs> so I'm really excited to see this movie. 
I mean, I mean like dude, the, come on. It, it's it's the first one under time. the first one underwhelmed because they weren't in it enough. But when they yeah. were, it was great. Um, and, you know, you think about like the Godzilla movies. The first one, we all complained because Cranston died and he wasn't in it. Godzilla yeah. wasn't in it. Then the second one, they went way overboard. Godzilla was constantly in it and it was Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, it was so, it too, like, too much, too much Millie. We don't, we're not there to fucking see the people. We want the monsters. So, like, uh, maybe they'll learn because I thought the first one was fun on a first watch. It and was. I tried to watch it again with Ashley. Try to watch it again, dude. It no, you, you can't. It you ain't. just, you just fast forward to the. To the that's you know that's the it. Godzilla Kong. That's it. Yeah, that's you, all you need to see. Use the scrubber. Use the scrubber yeah. at the bottom of your screen when you stream it, and just like look at the preview window. And as soon as you see Godzilla hit play, uh, because that's really all you're that's looking it. for. It, it's Godzilla- the, I mean, at this point, it's the same thing with the the first one. It's like all right, I don't. Cranston's dead. All right, let's go. Godzilla X Kong: The New Empire. Oh gosh. Uh, finally, Deadline is reporting that Juno Temple, aka Keely Jones from Ted Lasso, is being cast in a leading role. For Venom three, and, and Venom needs something. I, I actually really like her as Keely and Ted Lasso. I, I think she's fantastic. So we'll see what little role they give her. I mean, little. It's going to be a lead, so I think it'll be big. I mean, how how lead? You're you're already going to have Hugh Jackman. Colossus is going to be in it. They just are bringing back um, Vanessa um, uh, Marina Baccarin's character. So we'll see how much time she actually gets. Are you talking about Deadpool, brother? Oh, I was talking about Deadpool. Because <laughs> this is Venom. I can see, though, how you uh, may have confused things. It's just oh, Tom shit. V- Venom needs all the help it can get. Let's be, <laughs> yeah. let's be real. Yeah. Two suck. Let's, you want to talk about retcon? Let's retcon the last 60 seconds of Sam talking. He, he, meant, he meant all these nice things about Deadpool, but he's actually talking shit on Venom. That's I did. Uh, be real. Venom 2 sucked. Venom, and Venom 1 <laughs> wasn't the greatest. Let's be really honest. Let's Bro, put all tone. the cards on the table. Your tone just shifted, and I loved every second of it. You went from this happy-go-lucky, what she, what can she do to make it even better? Oh, no, sh- they need all the help this fucking movie can get, and she's going to be great. If you yeah. saw Venom 2, you would agree with me. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to TV, Sam. Give us your overall thoughts here on The Mandalorian Season 3. It's done. It's over with. Apparently, there's some cameo at the end. I don't know if that was Filoni or something bigger. I don't know. No, no, no. never see it. No, it was, I mean, it was just, it was just him having a little background being the, you know, the front runner of the show. You can just throw yourself in there. It was something else that was big then. I'll let you uh, determine yourself if you want to go spoilers here or not. And I'll just, yeah, I'm I'm not going to ruin nothing for nobody. All right, cool. Then no, no time code needed, but uh, here we go, Sam. What'd you think of the uh, third season of the Mandalorian? I mean, I, I'm not going to say I saw like hate for the third season, but I, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I enjoyed this season, even though I'm looking at it has 87% of Rotten Tomatoes. And and honestly, that's about that's right. Good. That's yeah. about right. Like, I'm at probably like an 8.5 to a 9 solid overall so season. 8.7 is right in the middle there. Yeah, that's fine. You know, so but I, I, I'm, I'm saying maybe more of people. Like, I, I feel like maybe seeing just like some just like this is on, on IG or some Twitter and stuff. But like, because it wasn't focused like a hundred percent on Din Djarin's character. Bo Katan's mm-hmm. character plays a huge part in this role. And I was fine with it. Like it's called the Mandalorian, not Din Djarin. You know, now there's we are seeing a lot more Mandalorians, especially this season. Mm-hmm. Um some 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 villains come back. There's a lot of treachery at foot. Somehow Palpatine does not return. Hopefully he does he just stay that way. Please never come back. I never want to see you. Um, other than that, our, our boy 
Pedro, I, I love him as Din. I love the relationship of of Grogu and his kind of continued arc. Yes, this this season had some outrageous cameos with Lizzo and even Jack Black himself. You know, Lizzo kind of character just kind of takes you out of it. It that episode was probably my least favorite of the whole thing. Christopher Lloyd was in that episode as well, which he was actually pretty good. I did enjoy him. Um, you know, Carl Weathers still comes back as a grief cargo for a couple episodes. Uh, we do get a little bit of uh, Juan Carlo Esposito as Moff Gideon, which I do love that character. I think he's a great villain. We do get to see some more um, dark saber dark saber battles. We'll see what happens there, and it, it, it sets up. You know, basically they're already working on season four. There was some other um, a live action cameo of uh, I think he was in Rebels. I forget the character's name. Blah, blah, blah. I forget his name. I can't find it. But it, it was, um, he did look pretty cool. It was voiced by Stephen Blum in the animated series, and he came back for the live action to do the voice. So I, I never watched the show, but obviously talking with um, Sean, and, you know, he, you know he's like, he, that was great. The season, like, some of the sh- episodes were good. Some of the seasons maybe worth skipping. But it was good to see that character and possibly. Boy, I, I wish I could talk with Sean. <clears throat> oh, Jesus. That's fine. Yeah, continue. Just continue. Um, he ain't listening, so who gives a shit? Oh, pissed. Um, but again, it, it was only eight episodes, just like the first two seasons, eight episodes each season. Most of the seasons being written by John Favreau and Dave Filoni. This is their their baby. I'm I can't I can't wait for it, Ahsoka. That's that they are definitely setting it up. We are definitely going to see Mando in it. I love that they're kind of being like the MCU. Every character is kind of going to cameo in some type of show. This world building, I do love it. Grogu's still the shit. My boy's slowly getting stronger. Um, they tied with the, you know, um, the Mythosaur was in an episode or two. And in the last episode, something that kind of pretty neat happens. I, I kind of love how they they shown that. And I'm hoping for next season. I hope they expand on that. And I want to see a little bit more. So it's on Disney Plus. I still think the Mandalorian is my favorite thing from Star Wars. I I love it. Pedro Even more is more than Andor. It's it's it, they're different Andor's shows. Only one season, I get it, but yeah, and it's different shows. I'm still gonna say I, I like Mandalorian better, but Andor did surprise the shit out of me. I did not expect to love it as much as I did. I cannot wait for the second and final season of that. But I, I'm good for I'm good now until Ahsoka. You know, this and Bad Batch, they've kind of held me over. So I'm, I'm good. Star Wars right now is, 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 in, a good, is in a good spot. Whew. Wow. Okay. I wasn't expecting the I, – I was expecting more of like a meh, but I got a yay. And I'm happy for all the, the Star Wars fans out there. I just, you know, maybe we'll – Yeah, you're out. We know where you stand. Yeah, I don't need to say it again. <laughs> HBO Max is now Max. And – uh if that wasn't a bunch of old dudes in a room making yeah. that decision, I don't know what was because that's just a terrible naming convention. Um, I almost would have rather have been like Warner Brothers Plus or WB Max or something even dumber, but at least it's not just Max. I mean, listen, yeah. we all call HBO Max Max anyway for short, but like now you've just lost your whole identity. It's just like, what? And you went to like a blue background instead of a purple one, which was your last three years, you were purple. And it's just like, are you just trying to lose? And you're already 15, but like, are you just trying 
to lose. And they had announced some projects. And so let's dive into those projects because I want your opinion on them. I only have an opinion on one of them. I have an opinion on two of them, but only a positive on one. And so I'll start with Harry Potter. Harry Potter is getting rebooted. We talked about this, um, like teased and stuff like that. We kind of talked that it was a possibility and it is now a true thing. Harry Potter is getting rebooted as a TV series for HBO, not for max, which is just fucking weird that you rebrand as max. And then you announce something that ain't coming to the service exclusively. It's coming to your flagship, uh, uh, channel. Obviously it will be available on max same day, but it's not streak, uh, a max exclusive. We will say it is coming to HBO. It is getting a decade long run. 10 seasons right off the rip. They said we're in it for the long haul and uh, JK Rowling will be an executive producer. And uh, the cast is obviously being recast from the Daniel Radcliffe's. I think his name is and the Emma yeah. Watson's and the redhead guy. So we're going to get a new cast as well. That's the whole gist of it. What do you think of this? Uh, this big story that we're getting pretty much every book as a season now. I mean, I kind of nuts that we're that they're just hey greenlighting ten seasons I with mean, that's a TV kind of, budget, by the way, not a movie. And budget. although they'll get all the money, they'll get the Game of oh, Thrones yeah. money for sure. And that's just and to me, even as an actor, that's got to be daunting. Like ten seasons, well, that's they have probably, source material. They have, you know, of, of course. But you're talking that's 10, 11, 12 years of your life are you filming, dedicating, you're growing up with the show. They're gonna make a lot of money per episode. Though. Plus, you have the just the the weight of, of the, the movies with Daniel Wright. All the movies were I thought they were awesome. I read all the books, I watched all the movies. They were frigging fantastic. The, the spin-offs, Fantastical Beasts, they sucked, but the original Harry Potter movies were freaking awesome. I would at least wait to to see some some sort of trailer if they can somehow capture the magic, because they could really like you know the movies. Yeah, they were long. The books are even longer. They couldn't include everything. But if you're going to get a 10 season, you know, or 10 season, maybe 10 episodes show, you're going to be able to explore and basically have everything that the movie missed into the show. So there's something good could be here. It's just, can you get over the drama of JK, all that bullshit that she started? I was going to say that ain't drama. That's real shit. And that's, oh yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. It's it's real drama. Yeah. I refuse to, to give this a second of my time, but I'll, I'll get on that soapbox in a minute when you're done. Yeah. You know, to having her on the EP, like that's definitely, you're already going to have some bad blood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're already going to split people there. Yes. The video, we are split. (laughs) We're two people, (laughs) you know, yeah. The the video game sold over, I think 10 million copies already. Like that's already a crazy hit. She made her money from the game, but people don't care. They're they're buying the game. They're going to play it. So the show, will people do the same thing and show up? I think they will because the Harry Potter fandom is freaking real, and I think people are going to gobble up more content. This is the Game of Thrones blueprint. There's a book per season. I mean, that's just what it is. And you know what? I think, what are there, only eight books maybe? Um, I think it's I seven. Recall. Oh, so they're going to even have more than that, right? Some of these books are going to dive into to multiple seasons because if we're getting a decade long run or 10 seasons, whatever that might be. Listen, this show is not coming out year after year with the way things are filming now and the way that seasons are taking longer than the standard year like it used to be, which was already a long wait. We're getting, you know, 15 months, 16 month, 18 month waits now. So just kind of be prepared that they might only do seven seasons 
but over a 10 year span because that's how long it takes. So yeah. we might get just a book per season. Who knows what that's going to look like? I thought I saw 10 seasons. This shit might take 15 years. Uh, here's what I will say just be- before I even get on the soapbox, just about the show. There's no project right now, movie, television, or game that has to nail its main three cast more than this show, because we already know how long it's going to be around that. If you are not invested in Harry Potter's casting or Ronald's casting or uh, Emma Watson's cat, I forget her character, Hermione, I think it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're not interested or invested into those casts or they get it wrong, they're not just going to recast Harry Potter in season three. They're going to work with that actor to make them better. So you're in it for the long haul. These characters need to be nailed look wise, sound wise. Just are they Harry? Are they Hermione? Are they Ron? Uh, did they do it? And I think the rest you can get away with the blonde headed douche, the the old guy, the woman, the, the wizard. I think they can do all that just fine. Um, and so it really comes down to those main three. To your point, yes, they're going to tell you stories that they they didn't get to make it into the movies. And that's really the appeal here. The appeal is what didn't make it into the movies and is my favorite part of my book going to be retold. And that's extremely exciting. I, however, will not be partaking simply because I think that J.K. Rowling stands for the wrong things. I think she has made some incredibly dumb and controversial decisions or statements. uh, Statements, thank you. And that is her choice, and that is her belief, and that is fine. She can try to go back on it all she wants, but let's be real. She said it. She, yeah, it's there, and that's her belief. You can't (laughs) retcon that stuff. And so um, I am a firm supporter and believer of all the things she stands against. And so I will personally, because of those views, not support anything she's a part of. That's just my personal belief. I will not shun those who decide to go against that and want to enjoy this for what it is. You do and watch and play what you want to your heart's content. I don't hate people that have opposing political views. I don't hate that, this, that, and the other. You do what you want, but please do not give me shit for having my view. I refuse to support anything she's attached to financially, or with my eyeballs because time is money. So I personally will have zero thoughts on this show when it comes out. But guess what? If we're still around when this show comes out, we will talk about it and we will recap it and you'll give your thoughts. I will not, but you absolutely can. And that is a okay by me. I just will not watch this show. Now, uh, anything else you want to add about this before we move on to the next topic? No, I think we we touched it all. Fantastic, because we only have 42 minutes before Zencaster decides to shut us down. (laughs) Uh, Game of Thrones is getting another prequel series. This one will be called A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, The Hedge Knight, going up against Godzilla x Kong, The New Empire, for longest, dumbest name, coming to an HBO Max screen (laughs) near you. Uh, (laughs) I was going to say, like, how long are they going to make these shows? I I would imagine that's more of a working title, and if... If I were a betting man, this show will be called and the Knight of the Knight. Seven Kingdoms. Done. Yeah, I think it'll just be called the, the Hedge Knight. That's where I think it'll be called. Um, and so it is based on Dunk and Egg, two different characters, Sir Duncan the Tall and his squire Egg, who then later becomes Aegon 
the fifth. I want to say I can't remember exactly, but this will take place between Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon. So uh, think about a century before Game of Thrones proper and about 80, 60 to 80 years after House of the Dragon. So all the characters from both shows will be dead and or not born yet. This will be its own thing. Um, If you know anything about the backstory to Sir Duncan the Tall, you're going to love this. It's going to be great. I personally think if I'm not going to get my White Walker show because that's been shit canned, I uh, am yeah, this now, is your next best thing. This is the next best yeah. thing. I am now more excited about this than I ever was for House, and I liked House a lot. I am ready for uh, for Dunk and Egg. Give me all the Hedge Knight. This makes me incredibly excited. As much as I, you know was very excited for House of the Dragons because it's fucking surrounded by dragons. This one, I'm already excited for. I'm I I I, I want to be in this world. I know this Aegon was a little bit nuts. So well, to kind of like 73 Aegons. This is a different one. Well, like well, they're all in the family. They're all nuts as far hey, as I'm he concerned. He is a Targaryen. Egg is a Targaryen. So just go get that there. This is cool because like Duncan the Tall, Sir Duncan the Tall is this weird clunky like whimsical kind of knight who who doesn't really know his place is kind of he's going to play dumb but like kind of be her- heroic and you're going to get that but you're also going to get his squire egg who's really the star of the show here and you're going to be able to kind of play it off think about like podrick and um uh blah, 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 uh peter dinklage uh what the hell's his name peter dinklage peter dinklage i just think of the hand no uh, jesus christ I can't think of Peter Dinklage plays Black Targaryen. Who? Peter Dinklage in Game of Thrones. Who the hell does he... What the hell is his name? Tyrion Lannister. Tyrion Lannister. (laughs) I said Targaryen. I meant to say Lannister. Thank you. He plays Tyrion. Think of like Tyrion and Podrick, and they're kind of like back and forth and the fun that they have together, except... um, in a completely different Game of Thrones era. And that's what I think Game of Thrones is doing well compared to what Star Wars is doing, who's centering a lot of things around the Skywalkers and don't want to kind of let go. House of the Dragon, there's some subtle references to Game of Thrones proper, but these are brand new characters and ones you're forced to fall in love with. And then, oh, by the way, halfway through, they flip the script and force you to fall in love with these characters who have magically aged 20 years. And so, like, you flip this around and you're going to get this story in between the two. I'm super excited. Be ready for this. I think it's just going to be called the Hedge Knight. Who knows? Maybe it's just called Duncan Egg. That would be sick. It, it could be I called don't. the Egg. Regardless, I'm in. Yeah. Uh, DC dropped a couple different things here. We'll start with the Penguin show coming to Max. Um, I don't know about HBO proper, but I know it is coming to Max. It got a very short teaser. What would you think? And uh, Colin Farrell, it looks so freaking awesome as freaking Oswald and Cobblepot, a.k.a. the Penguin. I love the dark, gritty tone of this, like this mob boss, Godfather-esque type tone. And it. I feel like just in the trailer, you could clearly see like how much fun Colin Farrell is having is having like in this role. Him on interviews, he's, he's loving it. He loves it. He's, he's loving the even all the prosthetics of him being completely unrecognizable. I cannot wait to see this, this series um, next year, 2024, and it will consist of of eight episodes. I cannot wait. He was the best part of the Batman, in my opinion. He, he, he easily stands out in that movie. And I remember us talking about both of our impressions of that movie. You did yours. And then I did mine a week or two later. And, 
Um, just being incredibly impressed. And so you want to talk about me having superhero fatigue? This is the shit that I live for. A spinoff from the villain's perspective, and it's the good villain, the one we all really like and care about. So this is something I am day one going to follow with all of my attention. Give me more Penguin. Uh, The Creature Commando's voice cast is starting to take shape. Um, Give us all the juicy details here. So what do I got here? So the first thing was was Frank Grillo is playing Rick Flagg Sr. So everyone announced will be playing the voice actors and live action if whatever project Kinnaman happens. Is, is Junior? I thought Kinnaman was Senior. In no, no, Kinnaman was Junior. <clears throat> okay. So he places Frank Grillo, Frank Grillo's father. You have Sean Gunn as Weasel. Figure another motion We're capture going. guy in his wheelhouse. Maria uh, Bakalova as Princess Yana Rostovic. You have Indira Varma as the bride. She was in Game of Thrones. She was Pedro Pascal's wife in that show. You have Zoe Chow as Nina Merzuki. And we have our boy, Alan Tudyk, as Dr. Fo- uh, Phosphorus. And probably uh, probably one of the best castings is David Harbour as Eric Frankenstein. And you have Steve Agee reprising his role as John Economos from the Peacemaker TV series. So again, every character here will be voicing, doing the the animated voice for the show, and if they somehow show in live action, everyone here will will be playing the same role. Um, I, I I love Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo basically said in an interview because he played um, Crossbones in the MCU live action movies. He said that like he felt like they kind of just like threw him to the side. That's kind of why he went over to DC. So I I consider him like a like a true like badass hardcore dude. So to play Rick Flagg Sr., I think that's great. And, you know, Dr. Phosphorus, um, David Harbour's character, you know, the other actors, actors I'm not you know, too, too familiar with, even Creature Commandos. I've never read the comics. I don't really know too much. The only person I really know is Dr. Phosphorus. So besides that, I mean, I'm interested. I'm going to see it. It looks like this is going to be one of the first things released under the new, you know, James Gunn, with, since he came in one of his projects that he announced. Um, besides that, I saw he just created uh, the script for Superman. He just Legacy, finished that. Right? Yeah, Superman Legacy. He just wrote that movie that just completed. So now that's in pre-production. So I imagine we'll probably be getting some casting announcements within the next month or so. So uh, we'll, we'll see if uh, DC's heading in the right direction. The new Superman. We're now taking bets if it will be Aaron Paul. Uh, Secret Invasion got its first trailer. It was fine for me. What did you think? I, I just thought it was okay. Um, I feel like uh, Samuel Jackson's really going to have to probably carry this one. Uh, it's it's good to see Colby Smulders coming back as Maria Hill, uh, Ben Mendelsohn back as Talos, our girl Amelia Clark. She's playing. Um, I think her name's Gaia. We saw her as a, a young child in one of the other um, Captain Marvel movies, so now she's she's aged up. And our boy Don Cheadle's in his Rhodes, and that's should be alive. Oh, we, we know he, my, my, my man dead 10 times over. Um, yeah. Armor Wars he'll be in too. He's like the main character, I think. Of yeah. And this is the first series of phase five of the MCU. It will have six episodes. They said it ranges from 40 to 50 minutes each. With 13 minute long credits. So Yeah, so t- take that what you will. You see a runtime of an hour. Get ready for 45 minutes. Yeah, and th- so this will lead into Armor Wars 
with Don Cheadle. So that, that's worth saying for future. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep my hopes pretty low on this one. I'm going to see it because I, I've seen everything else. But, you know, again, some spy thriller superhero. I think that this is, pro I'm, I'm probably going to like this more than what they did in Phase 4. Because Phase 4 was easily their uh, their weakest. Yeah, some say Phase 1. I say Phase 4. Phase day. 4, hands down. Not even. A I still think Hawkeye was the best thing that came out of Phase 4. I, I'd agree with you. Show. Yeah, I'd agree. Better Genuinely Moon Knight. good show. <clears throat> wow, yeah, good for you. I forgot about Moon Knight, which might be why I think Hawkeye is better. Uh, Ahsoka, we talked about it earlier. Her uh, show got a trailer, and it drops in August. We don't have a specific date yet, but now we know at least the month we can begin enjoying that. Trailer was pretty epic by most standards. I didn't connect with it. We all know why, so I'll leave it to you. Ahsoka, what'd you think? I mean, I... I have to have faith because I, I think Rosario Dawson did a, such a great job so far. And Filoni's attached to this. Yeah, this is his baby. Directing most of, or, or if not all, I don't know. Yeah, I believe he's three. Yep, he wrote and directed the very. Yeah, Dave Filoni wrote all the episodes while directing three of them. There you go. How many so are there? Six? There are eight episodes. Eight, okay. And this is, you know, again, this is um, Lars Mikkelsen's coming back as Grand Admiral Thrawn. I know everyone is freaking so excited to have him. I think I'm more excited to see Ray Stevenson. I freaking love this actor. Looks like he's playing a, like a, a formal Jedi, possibly on the wrong side of the Force. You have Mary Elizabeth Winstead back as Hera, or coming as Hera. First, I believe it's her first time live action, I believe. Um, I assume... Hayden Christensen will appear somewhere as Anakin Skywalker. That would make total sense to me that he's there. You have the live action of Sabine Wren, because I know I, she's from um, the Rebels and Star Wars Forces of Destiny. So I know a lot of people are excited to see them. And this, I don't know, I, I am excited. I'm excited to see this one. Ahsoka is, um, they definitely took me by surprise. I did not expect that I would like her character this much. But Rosario Dawson, I, I truly think she nailed it. And this comes in August? Yep. Dropping the August 1st episode. Skeleton Crew will also come 2023. We don't know a date or a real time frame there, but we do know at least it's got a window for this year. And The Bad Batch gets a third and final season. Yep. Jude Law for Skeleton Crew. I, I'm, I, I like him as an actor, so I'm definitely going to check that out. I'm glad to see Bad Batch is getting a third and final season, so they kind of get to to end on their their own terms what they built for. Um, first uh, season had 16 episodes, sec second season had 16 as well, and I thought the second season was pretty damn good. I'd probably give that like a seven five eight out of ten. You know, some you know some filler episodes like every other show, but overall it pushed the story forward, and there actually was a death out of the major squad, so there was actually some loss here so it's not just everyone makes it out every single time so i i do think the bad batch was was a pretty worth pretty fun worth to watch the duffer brothers are making an animated stranger things spinoff count me all the way in out yeah okay. i i i kind of you know i i at this point i i'm ready for this final season and then to be done with it same um, except for the inevitable spinoffs you know we'll be getting I'm sure we're like going to get something. Like this animated one. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to get something. There, you know, it, it's it's a money train, and and people They're love it. Milk the hell out of this, Sam. And, you know it. And I shit, and, and depending how the animated freaking thing looks, I might check that out. But I hope we're a couple years off because I want a little break. It's all about the art style for me. If they go, yep. you know, anime art style, or if they go like that weird kind of like 
it's not fluid animation. It's almost, it almost looks like stop motiony that yeah. I'm kind of out. If it's too pointy, which sounds weird, I'm kind of out. Um, it really basically Greg's out. <laughs> it, it really depends on the animation style. That's, that's where I'm at. Uh, and the Hollywood reporter is reporting because that's what they do. That twilight is getting a TV series, but it doesn't have a home yet. It doesn't really have anything else to it, but uh, it's in very early development. So HP getting, you know, book by book seasons looks like twilight's going to go that same path. So again, my message to Disney, instead of rehashing, can we just go forward? But apparently nobody is getting that goddamn memo. <laughs> Ugh. I think that was my Verbal. first off on air. But uh, yeah, I've been fighting illness for eight days. Well, that and uh, allergies are insane right now. Even even I'm a little. So if I hear me wheeze a little bit, my allergies are messed up. <clears throat> Let me take it over here in gaming. Tears of the Kingdom finally brought it in their newest trailer. Whew. The final trailer is out for Tears of the Kingdom. It's on our Facebook and Insta. Well, it was on our Insta. Uh, and boy, I've just been waiting for that Breath of the Wild trailer from January 2017 where it brought all the trimmings with the tree. And it's like, I'm ready. I'm going to play it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to because like the 10 minute gameplay that they showed right after we recorded last month was very good. It showed us a lot of new abilities. It showed us the sky islands, the skylands, as I've been calling them. Um, it showed us a lot of things that made me hyped and it got me from like that five, six to that seven range because it's inevitable that I was going to be hyped and that so many people are. Um, but then the $70 price tag hit and you're like, wow, this really doesn't look like a $70 game. What are we doing? They changed all of that with this three and a half minute ish trailer to where the hype is now at an 11. The game looks stunning. The mechanics look fantastic. There are so many new things that they didn't explain at all. And we saw Ganondorf is back. We probably saw Demise. We probably saw Hylia, uh, the goddess Hylia. We probably saw, uh, uh, well, I don't want to go too far into Breath of the Wild spoilers, but you got to play that game. I think we're finally going to get a story where Breath of the Wild was more just this big giant open thing that you make what you want and the story becomes secondary. I think this one we're really going to dive deeper into the story and I think that's where a lot of the six year runtime has come from because they really want to flesh this out and not just make it look like a DLC pack and this is probably going to be a 70 to 80 hour experience just like the first one. Um, most people probably spend close to 200 ish hours. I'm looking at that 100 hour kind of sweet spot. If I get past that, I'm, I'm going to be disappointed in myself. This is something I know we <laughs> talked about the other day, but will this system be able to play this game without chugging and any, you know, drop into frames? Like what are your thoughts there? Uh, a tale as old as time, a tale as old <laughs> as time. Switch games that shouldn't be on a switch. Uh, seven year old hardware. I have to imagine your launch day switch, which I own one of it is seven years old or, uh, or six. You're on the last legs of the life. It, it's, it's, it is chugging. I'd imagine because breath of the wild didn't launch at a stable 30. And that was a launch day game that while the trailers obviously make it look great. Um, Pokemon games tend to not trailer well, but uh, that's not even first part of Nintendo. This this trailered really well. The gameplay 10-minute demo that they did played really well. <coughs> oh, 
So I have no doubt that when you're just kind of riding and doing your thing, it'll be fine. I think where it'll chug the boss battles, you know, I think that's where you're going to see some stuff Uh, when you're on horseback and the the world kind of has to load in as you go. You'll probably see some pop in and things like that. The big dragon fights and stuff. I am skeptical, but I truly am a dumb, stupid person because I believe that later this year, July or August, more specifically, Nintendo's going to announce the Switch 2. And I think in 2024, we're going to be playing the Switch 2 or whatever they're going to call it. I don't know. The, the Switch, the Wii and Switch together. I, I don't know what we're going to be playing, but I think it's going to be the successor. I think Tears of the Kingdom is going to be getting a port for that console, and I think that will be fine. And it wouldn't shock me if the trailer footage came from whatever that successor is, because it's clearly uh, got dev kits and stuff out <clears throat> already. So I think the Switch version Probably not going to be the greatest experience. (laughs) If they can just deliver 30 frames a second, I think we're going to be okay. Just for the simple scope of the game. We're not talking about Redfall or something like that running at 30. We're talking about a massive open world RPG. RPG is not really the word, but a massive third person action-y type game. Um, So to answer your question, do I hope? Yeah. Do I think so? Just give me 30 and I'll be fine. <laughs> I thought you're just so low with your expectation. Just please and, and and launch some patches immediately. Yeah, there's going to be a big day one patch. I mean, this is already the largest Nintendo game in history in terms of uh, gigabytes. It's it's like 27, I think. I can't remember. Um, but that's two gigs more than RE4 Remake. So, I mean, like, how the hell is a Switch going to manage that on a cartridge with extra downloads? I, I don't know. But, um, hey. By the time we record next, I'm going to be able to answer that question. Yes. And that's, that's incredibly exciting. My pre-order is ready to rock. I only paid 60 for it because I'm a savvy shopper because I pre-ordered it two years ago. Uh, so thank you, Tears of the Kingdom, for finally getting us across the hype finish line. We needed it. Now show me nothing for the next three weeks and we'll be golden. Coming out of nowhere, Sony is reportedly making a new handheld. Yeah, this is another thing that could very well be announced this year, but don't get your hopes up, ladies and gentlemen. This will not be the Vita 2. This will not be the PSP 2. This will be, from all reports, Tom Henderson, Jeff Grubb, um, this will be a, uh, what do they call it? Remote play? I forget what they call it. Yeah, I think it was remote play. That was that's what they called, called it. it. That's, what the, that's what this will be. It will be a remote play device. Um, something that you strictly just play your PS5 games on your handheld. Um, I'm hearing seven to eight inch screen, which is the same size as the OLED. Actually, the OLED's I think seven, so it could be even bigger than that. So you're talking maybe even bigger than a Switch. Um, the backbone is out there now. If you want to do that for like a hundred bucks, this is probably a hundred and forty nine dollar device. Um, and again, don't expect original hardware or software for it. Don't expect you know uh, a mobile experience. This is hey. My wife's watching Grey's Anatomy. I want to play Uncharted 4. Let me pop this on. And that's what it's going to be. A remote play device. So yeah. take it for what you will, ladies and germs. But I think it's real. And I think it's coming late this year, early 2024, maybe February, March. Pokemon Stadium is available right now on NSO. And it's good and sucks at the same time. I mean, that's that's probably what it's going to be. Right? <clears throat> 
I mean, Pokemon Stadium's timeless, right? But why is Pokemon Stadium timeless? Because you can transfer your Pokemon into it. What can't you do on the Switch version? Transfer your Pokemon into it. <laughs> why? Because they didn't put the Pokemon games on the Game Boy app. So, like, it's great when you're in there playing with your rentals, and that's fine. And the mini games are great, and it looks really good on the OLED and, and the way they upscaled the graphics. It looks great. But the fact that I can't bring in any of my Gen 1s that are on my blue cartridge right now, yes. because, by the way, I own a transfer pack, um, or the way that I can't uh, uh, just there's no Game Boy games on the service, so I can't download or play Pokemon Red on Nintendo. It, it really loses its appeal. I mean, this is a one and done. This is not a game that you're uh, going to go back to. The cool part is, though, it does have online play. So if you had a Switch... I could battle you in Pokemon Stadium online. And that alone is kind of neat. And so uh, have I done that? No, I have no friends. Don't you listen? Uh, but it's <laughs> it's it's very good and very bad. If we eventually do get mainline Pokemon Gen 1 games on Switch and we eventually get the capability, Stadium 1 and 2 will be out by then and they'll be back to their timeless classics. For now, there. if you've never played them, play them. And then just move on. E3 has been canceled. Finally. Um, yeah. I mean, the writing was there. We knew it was coming. <laughs> it, it, it's it's dead. It's dead. I said I said on the last episode when we reported a bunch more people were pulling out, I said it's going to be canceled and probably expect it by the time we record. And, and there we are. Um, Reed Pop has said it's done. And I think it's probably done forever. Um, they, they just put it out back like old yeller. And it's, it's just not. When when the digital event started and the directs and the state of plays and the, the you know the oh, Xbox they were done pieces, they were done it was done because every company now can say well we can just do our own digital event and yep. that's, that's why fine. show up here sorry we can we can and Jeff Kelly's over there laughing in his office right we can pick a day where nobody else has anything we can make that fifteen minutes of the internet fame all ours and Keeley still has summer game fest so if we wanted to do some sort of stage thing we still have him. We can he can be our little shill. So, yeah, I think E3 is dead and it will probably be dead for a decade. They'll try to reboot it and it will go not so well. And then we'll just move on with our lives. And <laughs> remember the good times that were E3 because I love them. They're a huge part of our podcast. Our E3 2017 predictions episode is still our highest downloaded episode ever outside of our inner first interview with Sergio Anello of which I, I love that Sarah just still won. Love it. <clears throat> I mean, hey, our heyday was 2017, 2018, man. Since then, our ratings have been on the decline. Uh, anyway. All oh, when you wonder, 20 million podcasts. I mean, come on. What, all what are we all joking about? aside, E3's dead and good riddance, to be fair. Yeah. On better news, the SGDQ 2023 schedule is here. And it's, I had mentioned at the top of the show, it's probably one of, if not the best um, schedules. Ever this game, this game list is top tier and the way they've structured it makes me so hyped. I'm not going to run through everything, but I will run through the things that make me excited on the first day alone. Sonic Frontiers leads the marathon off the brand new Sonic game that just dropped last year. Then after that, Bug Snacks. We all know I love me some Bug Snacks. Mega Man Maker, F-Zero, Skate, Legend of Zelda, the Minish Cap, Ring Fit Adventure, Luigi's Mansion, Devil May Cry 4. By the way, that was all in a row just on the first day. God damn. I, I don't know what could you're in. You're, you're already in. It, it could end. <coughs> it was a great it was a great time. 
Uh, Banjo Kazooie, one hundred percent run. I'm in. Um, let's see, what else do we got? What else do we got? Peggle, I love me some Peggle. Legend of Zelda: Link Between Worlds, Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon, one and two, Symphony of the Night, Step Mania, Katana Zero, all in a row. Again, the the blocks are just absolutely insane. Hi-Fi Rush, brand new Xbox game coming out. It's here. Uh, Bioshock 2, Halo 3, Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes, all in a row. Uh, Resident Evil 6, Dead Rising 2, in a row. Um, what do we got? What do we got? Sifu, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, Sonic Adventure, Shadow the Hedgehog, Super Mario Odyssey, Paper Mario, all in a row. Like, what are we doing here? This is the greatest video game marathon schedule of all time. Um, we're already on Thursday. Mega Man 6. Mega uh, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, Titanfall 2, Crash Bandicoot, the full trilogy. Oh, wow. The insane trilogy that came out, the full trilogy in one run. Uh, like that, that in, in less than two and a half hours. Like, can we just say that I'm ready to tap out and say this is the greatest thing ever? Uh, what else do we got? We got some other cool ones. Uh, Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventured, Metroid Prime Remastered, Pokemon Coliseum, Kaizo Monkey Ball, all in a freaking row. Super Mario 64, Randomizer, 70 stars. Randomizer. Jesus. I love a good randomizer. Tony Hawk Underground, uh, Final Fantasy 6 or 4, Pixel Remaster. Super Mario Brothers Warpless. It's been forever since the original SMB has been on the GDQ stage, and it's back. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, uh, Fire Emblem Engage, Elden Ring, Super Mario Maker 2, Breath of the Wild, fucking blindfolded. In I, open world game, blindfolded. Like, how do you, like, what? <laughs> and uh, Bubsia does that. Bubsia is the Super Mario 64 blindfolded runner who has the record. He beats the entire game. 120 stars blindfolded. He just did this Breath of the Wild blindfolded any percent run at ESA Winter 23. That's one of the greatest speed runs you could ever watch. He's now going to do that on the GDQ stage, which is roughly 30 times bigger than the ESA stage. This is where he's going to have his breakout moment as a speed runner because Breath of the Wild is about to get destroyed blindfolded. And then, by the way, they're ending it out with Super Metroid the way they always used to. Uh, Super Metroid always ended the marathon. It will again, except this time, co-op between Shiny Zenny and Zost. Uh, Zost, one of the two or three best speedrunners for Super Metroid ever. You want to talk about the greatest marathon in history. You got it as the Sixers win game three coming from behind. That and the biggest bullshit call for Embiid getting ejected. Refs, absolutely horse shit. You're so freaking vanilla. That was insane. The, 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 I, I thought the fix was in. I, I almost, I had, thank God I had to mute myself because I kind of cursed. I was pissed off for a minute because I, I kind of saw the play and it was absolute bullshit. So screw you, refs, for trying to screw us over yet again. SGDQ 2023, May 28th. So if you have any interest in the games that I had mentioned, or want to get into speedrunning, this is probably your best marathon in a long time. And I think it's in person again. So no online. Nice. Is, there's nothing better than a room full of hype doing a great speedrun. So May 28th, Sunday, is when that marathon is going to kick off. This shouldn't surprise anyone. The Suicide Squad Kills the Justice League delay is now official and will launch on February 2nd, 2024. I hope. 
Just get it out now. I mean, they're making their money on Hogwarts Legacy, uh, WB Games is. So just like roll this thing out, take the black eye, because at that point, it's going to be almost a decade. It'll be nine years since Rocksteady's last game, which was Arkham uh, Knight. So what? It's going to take them another six to eight years to come out with a game after Suicide Squad. So you want to tell me over a 15 or 16 or 17 year span, we're going to get one game from Rocksteady. I cannot think of a studio that fell from grace harder, faster, and longer than Rocksteady. Fuck this game. Grub was right again. He said 2024. Schreier broke it. Grub corroborated and said 2024. And here we are. This game is nothing to me. I don't care what they rework. I don't care what they do. I don't care if they remove DRM. I don't care if they remove Battle Pass. The game itself looked wholly uninteresting. And I could not care less. Co-sign that, brother. Next up, we got some Street Fighter Six news. Yeah, and it's simple. They had a showcase right before we aired, and it went through a bunch of the stuff. But the meat and potatoes of the news is the Street Fighter Six demo <coughs> is now here. We n- didn't know we were getting one, but we are. We're getting a Street Fighter Six demo. If you're a PlayStation player, it's available right now. PS5, PS4, go download it. You can build your avatar and go play it. It will be available on April 26th for Xbox and PC users. Damn. I mean, we're, we're, you and I were definitely going to skip this game. I haven't played a Street Fighter since the second one. I was just playing Street Fighter 2. The Switch oh, just um, the Switch just put out Street Fighter 2 on the Genesis app for free. So I was playing a little Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting uh, last night a little bit. A little bit oh, wow. Balrog's my main in, in Street Fighter 2. I'll play the shit out of the demo. I never got to pay for game. it. You, yeah. Never in a million yeah. years am I going to buy Street Fighter 6. <laughs> <laughs> and the last story game before we run out of time here, we have the March NPD. Top selling games. We only got 10 this month for March 2023. Number 10, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. How hilarious. Uh, by the way, I think in April, we're probably going to see a surge of Mario games. Because of the movie. I just have no a, doubt. Just a little guess. Number nine, Madden 23. Number eight, Elden Ring. Number seven, WWE 2K23. Number six, FIFA 23. Number five, The Last of Us Part One. Oh. Yeah, a little PC release didn't hurt that. And then obviously the show ended. TV show, yeah. Uh, and number four, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Number three, MLB The Show 23. Number two, Hogwarts Legacy Mm-hmm. Number one, Resident Evil 4 remake, and it was only out for a week. Love to see that. That was great to see. I mean, it's one of the best in the franchise, so it's to be a surprise. Uh, and yeah, so we will wrap up really quickly with just a small little thing. I'm a hot mulligan nerd. They're one of my favorite bands, and uh, they're coming out with their first record since 2020, the year of the pandemic. Uh, the The record is called Why Should I or Why Would I Watch? Um, Shh. Golf is on is a fantastic song. Actually, two of their three uh, that they've released recently have been just absolute bangers. Their record is coming out May 12th, the same damn day as Tears of the Kingdom. What a day. I just love it. <laughs> RE4 remake drops the same day as Yellow Jackets and Fallout Boy. So we get Fallout Boy the same day of some great stuff. Hot Mulligan's coming out the same day as Zelda. May 12th. What a great early birthday present for me. That'll do it for our April episode. The next time we record Tears of the Kingdom impressions, final thoughts on Yellow Jacket season two, potentially a guest or two. Who knows what that's going to look like? And I will be 35 years old. 
because we're recording Jeez. after. We're on the back nine. Yeah, so I've been on the back nine, brother. I am 92. I'm older than Harrison Ford in my soul <laughs> and my fat ass body. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out. We will see you next month for May 2020. E3 has been deleted again.